Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. We are now into the second year of the Trump administration, and the last year has been filled with ups and downs, important victories, successful holding campaigns, and painful defeats. We've learned a lot, but there's always more to learn and more to be done. In this now weekly series, we talk with organizers, agitators, and educators, not only about how to resist, but how to build a better world. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host. Rebecca Diamond. I'm a teacher in West Virginia. So it's been how many months now since the strike? We're, we're talking, it's August now. It ended I March guess. the 7th, yeah. and it is August the 2nd. So a few months. i um, getting ready to go back for another year. I know. When does the school year start? I have to be back on August 20th. The kids come back August 23rd. Great. Um, so tell us what it's been like since the strike. Going back... The first few days was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really great to see all of the kids, to see what we had accomplished. Because um, when they first came out and told us that um, they had ended the strike, that oh, we were going to get our raise, and that they were going to um, come up with this task force to fix PEIA, right. you know, they're all clapping about it and they're all happy. And they said, "But we're just going to, um, we're just going to give you a three percent raise." Mm-hmm. We're like, I mean, and just to hear the teachers talking while they were all outside the Capitol hearing our union leaders say that, we were like, no. I mean, they even announced that school would be in session the next day, mm-hmm. but it was a week later. Yeah. So, you know, whenever we went back, all the kids, of course, they all wanted to know questions, and I got to show them my videos, and, yeah. you know, so they could see what exactly was going on, and then, but the worst part was to hear the negative parts mm-hmm. about what some of the parents thought yeah. about us going on strike. I had, I did actually have a student who said that his parents didn't think it was right that we were going on strike. That they, we, we should have been in school. That we should, they were. He was calling. He was basically calling us selfish. That yeah. we shouldn't have been fighting for more money. And, and that's what a lot of people thought is that that was the only reason we were going on on strike was yeah. for more money. When really it was all about our insurance mm-hmm. you know if they don't fix our insurance then a raise is not really going to make a difference it, yes. it's going to go away anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so you're saying you were telling me before that you have a second job i do yep i worked at a fast food restaurant um hardy's on in huntington and i've done it for three summers now yeah. and only because um we just don't make enough over the summer mm-hmm from the school year because you know we're only 10 month employees so what we do is we pull out money each paycheck and put that over summer pay and over the summer that is never enough Mm -hmm. for us to make it over the summer with you know our kids doing different things Mm -hmm. because I have two kids so I have taken on and then the main reason that I took that job was because they had we had ended school early and we were beginning really late the next year and we were going to go without a paycheck Mm which we did end up going without a paycheck. It was the next summer though, so I had to save up for um, that paycheck because my husband's a teacher too. So I've kept it because it does help us out in the summer and we are able to pay our bills. We're not, it's not as bad living paycheck to paycheck over the summer whenever I have a second job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so looking ahead, right, there's, there's still the open question about what's going on with the insurance. Yes. Um, so tell us where that's. 
Well, they've had task force meetings and they have they've gone to all the communities and they've basically gathered from the communities what their main concerns are with PEIA and how it's going to affect them. So these panel members members are supposed to take it back to the committee and then they're all supposed to meet and they're supposed to have a decision made before the election. Surprise! Before the election. Um, and come up with what they feel like is going to be a solution. The the only solution that I feel like is going to suffice for teachers is there's a funding source for it. Mm-hmm. If there's not a funding source for it, which they've known for the last five years that there was not a funding source for PEIA. So they've basically just continued to put it on the back burner because we've not done anything about it. Right. You know, we've not, and, and it's not just teachers. It's, it's every state employee in the state of West Virginia. So... You know, it's not like they were just hit by a truck and, and realized that, holy shit, how are we going to pay for their PEIA? What are we going to do for it? So we've given them options. I mean, people have given them options to fund PEIA, but nobody wants to take the initiative to make that mm-hmm. a funding source for PEIA. They have um, a committee that was formed, um, and they had, originally they had like 13 or 14 members on it mm-hmm. and there were no women so of course people threw we, we threw a fit it's like really you're not going to include any women oh well it had um i'm sorry christine campbell was on it mm-hmm. the um, af2 president of West yeah. but then they didn't have any sort of teacher person whatsoever mm-hmm. okay so they ended up um extending it to 26 members and there was like a retired teacher on there and there were you know, of course, Mitch Carmichael is on there, and he's one of our least favorite. And then he tried to say that he was the reason that we got our raise because mm-hmm. he was so against it. But um, if they have met in small committees, like all throughout the state of West Virginia, they went and met with all the teachers all over the state, mm-hmm. and we've got to voice our concerns about what our issues were with the EIA and how, you know what just what we needed from them so they were supposed yeah. to take all those back to the committee and then the committee is supposed to they, they've had several meetings like um, you can watch them live like I've watched some of them live mm-hmm. and um, by November before the election they are going to hopefully have a solution for it and if they don't have a solution for it I don't know what's gonna happen so if they're timing it for right before the election. Yes, right before the election. So then that way, you know, we can definitely make our decision about who we want to keep and who we don't. Yeah. <laughs> because Do you think they'll end up putting it off until after the election? I just don't know that they're going to come up with the, the solution that we're going to be happy with. I really don't. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, they've known it for five years, but they've put it off and they've put it off and they've put it off. And it's been almost as if, well, maybe it'll just go away. Maybe they'll just go away and they'll forget about it. It's it's just crazy to think that if they don't have a funding source for it, they're just going to continue to make us pay for it. Yeah. And we're just going to lay down and say, okay, just walk all over me. You know, that's basically what teachers have done their whole lives. That's what my mom has told me is that teachers don't want to stand up and fight for what they believe in because of their students in their classrooms Mm -hmm. because they know how important it is to be in their classrooms so they feel like that's my most important job right now so I can't leave them I can't not go to school and not teach my classroom so I just hope we continue to have the solidarity and and, and we're united when this does come to a head yeah 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 and so talk about funding sources because we that was a big issue during yes. the strike right teachers uh-huh. are saying that should be funded through the se- next 
the um, extraction of natural gas for mm -hmm. sure. Like yeah. we we charge a five percent sales protect sales tax right now, but even if we upped it only by two and a half percent, that would give a funding source for PEIA because they're not going anywhere. But their argument was. Well, if we up it, they're going to leave because they can go to Pennsylvania where they're not charged anything to get it. Well, but Pennsylvania doesn't need it. I mean, they've yeah. got other bigger corporations, other bigger, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they've got other funding sources for the state. Yeah. All we have is natural gas. We used to have coal, but it's fine. Well, I mean, and the gas is there. It's already there, so too. They, they want it. So if they I want mean, it and they think they're going to leave, they're not going anywhere. They're, they're absolutely not going anywhere, but that's their biggest concern is if we raise it, they're going to leave. Alaska charges 25% sales tax on the extraction of natural gas. 25%. And they think they're going to leave Alaska? And they think they're going to leave West Virginia? I mean, Alaska pays everybody, every Alaskan a check out of that money. And, and every we single think person in Alaska leave? gets a check. That's why they... Uh, and then they talked about taxing, legalizing marijuana and putting a tax on legalizing marijuana and um, of course you know a lot of people are against that and then mm -hmm. um, cigarette tax going up and the tobacco tax going up well we can use that money well there's not enough of it yeah I just don't feel like there's enough of it like it there is with our natural gas because coal's gone although it's you know Trump said he was bringing it back well uh, it's happen. really not coming back yeah I mean if you go down to some of the southern counties in West Virginia like McDowell County mm -hmm. and you see the deplorable conditions that they live in oh my gosh yeah they used to be a booming city they yeah. used to, it used to be a booming county because of coal but now West Virginia doesn't have a whole lot yeah okay. nobody wants to come and teach in West Virginia Say, hey, we're number 48th in teacher pay, but gosh, it's pretty there. <laughs> it is pretty. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's yeah. going to get somebody to come. Gosh, it's, it's you know, it's not pretty if you don't have enough time to look at it because you're too busy having three jobs. Uh-huh, right. Um, so what's it been like doing stuff like this? Going around and talking about it and having oh everybody go like, oh my goodness, West Virginia teachers. I'm like, oh my gosh, just to see the impact that it's not just made on West Virginia because I've seen so many teachers in West Virginia, yeah. but to see it outside, like to be here in, Louis in Louisiana mm -hmm. and to be talking about it, um, just to be involved in it, it's yeah. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has been one hell of a ride, for yeah. sure. From being a member of AFT, yeah. this is what's brought me here, is just yeah. because of AFT, who knew? Paying my dues each year would yeah. allow me all of this. <laughs> right? When there were um, were there a lot of teachers at your school who were were paying members before the strike? Um, we had an issue in our county. Mm -hmm. um, Which county was that again? Wayne. Wayne. Wayne yeah. County. Uh, maybe five or six years ago. Mm -hmm where we had an issue with our superintendent mm -hmm. and she was um, hiring um, her family she was creating jobs for her family mm -hmm. she was just doing things that were not appropriate for Wayne County yeah so a lot of teachers became members of unions during that time because mm -hmm. they could you know if they were a part of a union then they knew they would be 
it wasn't like she could come back on him and say, oh, well, I don't like you, so you're going to be fired. Mm-hmm. Because then if you were part of a union, then you had somebody to, you know, yeah, to actually you had, protect yeah. you, and you had that insurance and everything. So during that time, a lot of people became members. We, we, we really didn't care which mem- union they became mm-hmm. a member of. It was yeah. just like, you really need to be in one. Yeah. Regardless of which one you pick, AFT, WVEA, which is just the EEA, yeah. you have got to be a member of one of those. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there are still a lot of teachers... We have about half and half, AFT and um, the BVEA that are in our building. And have more people joined since the strikes? I believe, yes. They had like stations set up at the Capitol where you could sign up to become a member of either one and you know, you got your free dues until the end of the year and then you got, you know, just to see the benefits of what... AFT and WBEA, yes, we definitely got. I, I would love to see our entire staff become a member of either one. Yeah. I mean, because the benefits, I know you have to pay dues, but the benefits are just, you, you can't you can't not do without it. Yeah. So, my mom was always a member, so I've always been a member. Yeah, you mentioned seeing your mom on the, uh, yes, the strike, she was in, in strike in 1990. 1990 yeah. yeah. Now, she said the one thing that she remembers, they did not close the schools. Mm-hmm. They did not have, they were not united. Yeah. She said, you know, they, whenever she used to picket at schools during yeah. the day, she said they weren't allowed to picket in front, they didn't want them picketing in front of their actual school. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just to see which teachers were going in and which ones weren't, and that's when they were called scabs. Mm-hmm. That's what they called them. Yeah. Um, the ones that went in. And, yeah. Um, she said that's the one thing that she will never forget is who went in. Mm-hmm. And then who didn't go in? Mm-hmm. But yet, once they got all of their benefits, you know, they were like, "Oh, thanks! You know, I didn't lose money, but thanks uh-huh. for what you, what all you did." Uh-huh. And you're like, "Yeah, don't touch me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where were you? Yeah. Where were you at seven in the morning picketing all day long? Yeah. Um, for what was right for us? I mean, I realize had they not had, you know, those issues, had they. You know, in 1990, they really didn't have a lot of communication skills, apparently, because I think there were seven or eight counties that didn't have full um, closure. Like, mm-hmm. some some counties did, but yeah. not all of them did, not like ours. Whenever we were watching the news and watching all 55 counties close, it's like, okay, we have five more to go, and like, oh, we only have three more to go, and then the last one, it's like, oh, hallelujah, we're all closed. Yeah, yeah. Because you knew once they were all closed... And then our superintendents were with us, too. Yeah. You know, they all had a meeting in Charleston, and they all came together and said, you know, we are going to back our teachers. We're not going to open our school systems until we know we have adequate supervision for the students and that all of our teachers are back. So that was great. That's um, Do you think it'll come to another strike? I'm about 70% sure that there will be some sort of action taken yeah. again, yes. Yeah. Not 100% sure, but, and the only thing that scares me is that it may not be to the magnitude that it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, our main concern was PEIA, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. they will be, you know, another one where we will actually all be out on strike and we'll actually all mm-hmm. be on the same page. I mean, because, you know, if you think about the state workers, like the the police officers, mm-hmm. the Department of Highway Workers, your social workers. Yeah. How do they go on strike? How do the police officers go on strike? 
that was their that was their biggest question was would we have what martial law come into effect because we don't have any police officers out in the streets and everybody just starts shooting each other you know like that was their biggest so that's why they supported us because yeah. they knew there were things that like nurses yeah. know, it's hard for nurses to go on strike whenever yeah. you've got sick people of course mm-hmm. you know it was for us too but you know we had the um steel workers and we had the police officers and we had the state workers and the department of highway workers and you know dhhr workers that were all you know with us now at, on their days off they were always at the capitol there were several of them that were always at the capitol and you'd walk in and the police officers were the ones you know taking you through the securities and like, gosh we're with you we support you 100 percent yet they're working yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. um, what else should people know about what's been going on since the strike? Um, I, I wish people knew more about, you know, some of our, just our issues with PEIA. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know, you know, some people have different insurance relations, but, you know, especially this workers in West Virginia, you know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of them, they think that we're just going to... Um, back down from this mm-hmm. that we're going to forget about it that yeah. by the time uh, November comes about comes around you know we're paying whatever premium we have to that it's just going to go to the wayside that yeah so I don't I just don't want everybody to forget that yeah you know our biggest fight has not been won yet yeah that we're not there completely um, you know people need to you know if if anybody's thinking about going on a strike there are just a lot of there's a lot of information that they need to know they need to prepare for it it can't be a okay today we're deciding to go on to strike and tomorrow we're going on strike it it just you know you can't expect it to be successful if you don't plan for it if you don't know what's happening if you don't know what you're fighting for and then to let people in your you you let people know what you're doing you let people find out if they still believe in you too so I just hope people realize the struggles of our insurance. Because I've heard a lot of people say we're just, you know, we've got what we wanted. We just need to go back to the classroom and just shut up. So I hope people educate themselves about what's going on with any strike, yeah. if it involves them, you know, if it involves your community. Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fayabois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at NecessaryTrouble.org. Thanks for listening.